can we say Happy New Year? I know it's not. We're quite, getting close. We're not getting quite close. there, but this is our last episode for uh, for the season and uh, and closing for this out year. a good 2023. Yeah, I know. Year. Episode 99. Yeah, that's wild, eh? Looking forward to. I know it's it's kind of cool. Episode 100 is going to be in the the first episode of. The I think year. Max, our producer, is going to be coming in a suit for episode 100. Mm-hmm. There's going to be we're going to we're going to be tux- cake. We're going to come in tuxedos. Yeah, there's going to be cake. And say, can you believe? Can you believe we've been doing this this long? Except for you've been doing this for like what, thirty. Do you want to say how many years? I've been th- my thirty-first year, and you're in your thirty-first or thirty-second. Who, who's counting? You're, me you're older than me, but you have more hair. Yeah, and, I know. It, and it's still blondish. Blondish, yeah. Do you do you diet? No, you diet. Tell you me. Never the truth. Did you that. say? Did you say die or diet? <laughs> I don't diet for sure. I should diet. Oh my gosh, you guys are funny. So, but I think uh, you know one of the things we found doing this podcast is that everybody has been really receptive, and they're so excited to, to see sort of the inner workings of the system. And there's a, a barrister. Well, well, sometimes works. That's what we're going to get into. But there is a, a barrister in the UK who I, I bought the book when it first came out. You can kind of see it's a little bit dated and yellowed, but um, it's only from 2019. Uh, an individual who's you can find online called the secret barrister and the reason uh, the barrister is secret is because it's dangerous sometimes to talk about what's broken it's the book is called stories of the law and how it's broken that was the very first book yeah and i've encountered so many times people taking umbrage umbrage it's the third time i used it today yeah <laughs> that was my word from last week <laughs> yeah taking umbrage with me calling it the justice system they say it's not the justice system it's the legal system so why why would people feel that way you know i think i want to first say this and i'll say two things one we have you know viewers from many other jurisdictions and they love the fact that we talk about our jurisdiction and they compare it to their jurisdiction some from australia from the uk um and and from uh, new zealand and and it's great to think about the comparisons in the commonwealth as well as people from the United States, which is, again, similar but different in many ways. So that's what's wonderful about... I find about Australia is very similar to Canada. It is. Yes. And, and we, we, you know, them and the, and, and, and the UK, we look at their Supreme Court decisions, or, or used to a long time ago. But So I think that's really wonderful from what happens in our podcast and that we get this engagement with people from all over the world, very interested in our system versus their system, what's better, what's worse, how, how can things get better. That's fantastic. I have said this a number of times that although we will talk about very significant problems in our our system, it's a good system. And we uh, worked hard to get there. We, it, this this is taken, it'll never be perfect either. It, it no. will never be perfect, no. and it's taken you know a very long time to get to where we are. But we truly do have, I think, you know, a judiciary and crown attorneys and defense bar that we can all be very proud of who all want to row in the right direction. And we fight out cases and we disagree on stuff. But generally, I think we are very fortunate in this country to have the the system that we have. And I would call it a justice system. It's a legal system, but I think we do get justice. But there are a lot of bad things, you know, and we talk about them. Well, we know for a fact through things like the Innocence Project that there's wrongful convictions mm-hmm. as well. So for those people, they don't feel it's justice obviously right. they, they won't but but again we're looking at it at a more macro level so when it's very personal to you and we, do, we we represent people who come to us specifically because they believe they're wrongfully accused and we do get those cases where we're able to dig down and look and find the evidence of people who are wrongfully accused that is sort of our jam right, right? 
So we understand the personal nature of somebody who might be very much aggrieved. And we've spoken about in a previous podcast and other podcasts about how there is really somewhat of a presumption of guilt and other issues. But compared to other systems, frankly, you can get crushed in the United States. Oh, God, with the good sentences. Luck there. Yeah, good luck. And many other jurisdictions. You know, I'd much rather have this system than the civil system mm-hmm. in, in Europe. Well, there's pros and or cons, Quebec. I think, from, from each thing. Yeah. Well, I, I, I've done a couple of cases in Quebec. Oh, okay. It, it's not so bad. It's oh, it's kind of fun. But I think, like, when, when we say justice system, like, you know, I do actually mentally picture the scales of justice with the Lady Liberty... For whatever reason, it's female. I actually don't want to presume the gender it's a of the statue anymore. It's, it's a uh, but, uh, you know, there's the scales, right? <laughs> okay, I got you. That's good. <laughs> um, but so the idea is that you get a chance to have the scales weighed properly, like right? Yeah. And um, it's, it's not like the... That's a good one. It's not, it's not like um, the justice system is staffed by psychics who can actually make sure that, yeah. that yeah. they can be sure of what happened. They can just do the best they can with the evidence that's permissible in court. Right. And the permissibility reasons, the laws of evidence, they're so complicated. Unfortunately, people need to have lawyers to navigate it properly most of the time. Yeah. So that's kind of my summary of how we get from justice. Yeah, I think justice system is fair enough. I do. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the secret barrister for a second then compare it to us. What were like two highlights from the complaint of the secret barrister. Well, you know, there's a lot of stuff that was unique to the UK at the beginning of the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That they, they have a thing called the magistrate courts, which we don't have here. And there was some concern with the appointment of the, the trier of fact, who was not necessarily qualified properly. Mm-hmm. There was also issues of um, the prosecutors being overworked. So um, prosecutors would show up for a case and not even know anything about it. And there's similar things in, in terms of the defense. There was an interesting... And they're absolutely abysmal legal aid system. Yeah. Barristers yeah. are so legal aid. chronically underpaid such that there has been a flow out of criminal defense work. Yeah. And further to this book being written, there was actually a big strike by barristers in the UK because um, the underfunding of legal aid. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to do this crazy work. They also, as we know from a few high-profile cases that were published in the media, that there's some major disclosure problems from the Crown. And one of the problems for the defense is, you know, you get disclosure from the prosecutor, you don't know if you didn't get disclosure, right? So it's not you can say, like, oh, you forgot to give me that other thing that you have that I don't know about, right? Right. Right. (laughs) And so there were some high-profile cases where evidence came out because... Uh, you know, like we've said, not all prosecutors are evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, a prosecutor took over the case and just went, I just don't feel comfortable without disclosing this stuff. And then, you know, exculpatory evidence was, uh, you know, came out and charges were dismissed. And there ended up being three cases in a row like that. So they, they have things going on. He didn't particularly talk about those cases because they came out around the same time as the publication. We talked about that. And then there was a follow-up book called Fake Law, which is really interesting. Yeah. And that one, I think, is really important to talk about, too, because... Um, that was talking about how the public goes into an outrage sometimes about a case they hear about in the news, but they don't understand what actually happened. Yeah. And yeah. the case doesn't actually match up. And I'm just saying, and I had something about how they described it. Um, I thought I copied it in here. But uh, it addresses how criminal cases are being rep- misrepresented. Oh, yeah, the opening blurb of the book says, it asks... Could the courts really order the death of your innocent baby? Was there an illegal immigrant who couldn't be deported because he had a pet cat? 
are unelected judges truly enemies of the people? Sounds like a National Enquirer. So this is this is what's fantastic because yeah. these these cases are actually based on. Um, he's got a third book that just came out. And I haven't read yet, unfortunately. I, I'll get the audio book. Um, but <laughs> but um, you can see like the, the the humor that's brought to it, and and it is funny the way he's worded it. But at the same time, these are real cases, and the public actually believed those things, right? So how does that happen? Well, that that happens because we have media who who um, <clears throat> doesn't accurately or fairly report. They want the sound bites. They want something that will grab the attention of the viewers um, or the readers uh, without reflecting what really is the situation. And that that's a real danger. I mean, that's what you have with press releases. Press releases go out. They assume somebody's guilty. They're a horrific human being. It gets withdrawn. Right. A year later. And press release no press is still release there. Again. Yeah. It, 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 I think it's symptomatic now of an age we live in where everything is about a soundbite, everything's about an opinion, things are misconstrued uh, on, on social media on purpose. We don't know what reality is anymore. I mean, I think this is symptomatic of what we're in. But when we talk about our system, I think we could talk, first talk about bail. So well, and we what, had a situation. We had a situation where a judge spoke out about um, the justice unfairness. Of the peace. But, yeah, I know you have to keep correcting me. Yeah, yeah uh, justice of peace. We're spoke out about that. <laughs> you got to use it three times to make oh, it a to day. Make it, okay, I got to <laughs> um, use it two more times. Okay. That a, a, a JP spoke out and and umbridge, umbridge. published an article about you know. So <laughs> I just did it twice, so it's good, right? <laughs> Sorry. Well, she dared me. So it's our last show for yeah, 2023. She, she so dared okay. me to use it three times. All right, go ahead. Bail. Yeah. So the Justin Peace came out and, and and wrote an article about um, you know unfairness in the in the bail courts and, and and did a lot of hearings in the bail courts and these opinions were shared by their JPs, their who, colleagues, yes. yeah, colleagues. Um, and uh, but this judge ended up getting actually thrown off the bench for a bit and then thankfully I think thankfully won the appeal. And uh, was suspended. Was still yeah. disciplined for uh, you know a short period of time uh, for, for having criticizing done so. Its own, yeah. But you, the, you, don't, the, you don't get undisciplined. That's yeah, the problem. But there was commentary about the importance of judicial independence and, and judges being able to speak or justice of the peace, yes. whichever one they be, uh, at the time, because um, it applies to all of them. That uh, the, they need to be able to speak about things in in some fashion, but they are very restricted. It, it you know I I think it's very important that. Justice of the Peace and judges have to stay out of the fray um, because once they start talking about opinions, who knows what those opinions will be and that can undermine confidence in the, in the justice sure. system. I think it's for people outside of the judiciary who can make commentary like our podcast, like um, Crown Attorneys if they want to, other defense lawyers who, who speak out. Um, uh, and there's many defense lawyers who speak out. There's many who talk about the system. I think it's up to us uh, to try and bring this dialogue and discourse out because I think it could get dangerous for our system if 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 the judiciary started commenting too much. Yeah, but at the same time, if stuff is broken, it's okay for them to. Well, well, they here's something people like don't. Today, here's something that people don't really know. So judges don't just sit in court, being judges. Yeah. They have administrative roles, and then they're involved in projects. And they work with defense lawyers, they work with crown attorneys, they work with other stakeholders in the justice system to try and streamline and make things better. Right. So they're actively involved behind the scenes in these organiza in these in these groups to try and fix some shit. 
And, and that's really laudable. That's very good. And they have initiatives. And you'll have initiatives on specialty courts. Um, you know, how do we better deal with drug addiction? How do we better deal with homelessness? How do we better deal with mental health? How do we better deal with bail? You know, um, so that's a great thing that we have in Canada. And, and also, I think to judges' credit, like people sort of think, oh, I, I remember seeing this in some reports. Oh, the judge was late for court. You know, it's like quite often they're doing other things before they come to court. For sure. Oh my on, gosh, yeah. They're on JPTs or like, you know, um, conference calls and they're, they're doing other things. So... Uh, just like when a jury is there, they can get frustrated because they're sent out of the courtroom mm -hmm. for sometimes hours, and they, they just think, "Oh, what are we doing? We're sitting around here, you know. What you know? They want their job to to be relevant and important." And I always get concerned with juries when they're out of the court too too often because they're going to get, I'm worried, angry at the uh, yeah. at the whole trial and then make a decision because they're frustrated. Look, I mean, judges do a good job on a jury case when they're out, say. We are it's doing. We, we are doing real work, yeah. and 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 it's for a real reason. And you know, we don't tell you what it is, but there's, but it, but trust us, this stuff's important. happening. Yeah, and, and judges and, have to write decisions, which is something they do when they're not in court. Judge, right? Look, it's not an easy job, and you know, uh, in Toronto, uh, we've had lots of experience with lots of very good judges. Justice McMahon, for example, who soon is going to retire, which is is going to be an end of an era. He's an excellent judge, um, and. He works tirelessly in at you know seven a.m. or earlier doing stuff. We'll offer pretrials at eight a.m. or at six p.m. I mean, judges work hard because the system is overburdened because the resources are not going into it. But let's go back to bail for a second. What is bail, Michael? Bail's upsetting. That's what it is for well, me. Well, what is bail? Explain bail, <laughs> bail to people. Bail is you know police officers when they're so opinionated. I know. I can't imagine that. When you're charged with an offense, you can sometimes be released from the police station on an undertaking, but on occasion the police will hold you for a bail hearing. That means you are spending the night in a cold cell, maybe a cheese sandwich, sometimes McDonald's if you're lucky, if it's a nice officer, yeah. and then you're being uh, held for a bail hearing the following day in court where a justice of the peace will decide whether you should be released or not. Yeah, so... So on more serious offenses, people will be held for this hearing. Mm -hmm. On that hearing... And if you have a prior record, probably. You, you often hear that the Crown has to establish why the person should be detained. Be detained yeah. um, or you have to show cause why you should be released. So if you have a prior record, if it's a reverse onus, which means that because of something in your past that's a criminal mm -hmm. conviction, it may put you in a position where you have to establish why you should be released. Bottom line, it's a hearing to decide. It's a hearing to decide whether an accused person should be released. Right. Is there something wrong with my hair? Are we getting like a hair fix here? I well, you jinxed us earlier. And when... It's right here, Matt. Yeah, yeah. Is there a spot? Yeah, there's a spot. It's called a bald spot. Have you got that spray from that late night TV? You can just... Yeah, thanks. Huh? Or given the time of year, we can use oh, that we fake snow. had a happy snow. moment when we were up in Oshawa. There, we had the two cue balls who were much younger than him, and they had zero hair on their head whatsoever. All right, so back to the bail. So you know, you have to have this bail hearing, and sometimes you get released on consent of the crown. Sometimes you get released on consent. It gets determined what it is. Right. Sometimes you can get out on your own right. signature called your own recognizance, or sometimes you need somebody to act as a surety. Someone so who's you bailing out. you out. Yeah. But the, what are the problems? Problems is in the olden days when we started, if a bail hearing was required, the client would go to the police station, 7 a.m., surrender themselves, get processed. We'd be waiting at Old City Hall at 10 a.m. for the bail hearing, and he'd appear, lo and behold. 
now he sits at the j at the police station the bail hearing is going to take place by zoom so you're waiting in your little zoom box for him to arrive and that typically will be late afternoon if you're lucky and even once he does arrive there's maybe 10 or 20 bail hearings ahead of him that haven't been reached because of the backlog so you could be sitting you could be like we used to tell clients oh go in on a friday or at 7 a.m you'll be out I had a, I've had clients sit all weekend because they didn't get reached. Can I? I just want to tell a story that? of this this young man. He is so delightful and so traumatized about his experience being held <laughs> being being held overnight. I'm sorry. He, he happened the end of the year. when he got arrested. He happened to have been in a suit, so he went. He, he described to me what it was like sitting in jail all night. That he was told he was gonna. They were gonna try and get him a hearing, and then he couldn't get one. And he sat in the cell. And he, and he he displayed this for me, and just like you can just, you know, he's just so innocent, sitting there like this, it's totally straight in a suit, and he could hear other prisoners, um, you know, banging and yelling and all this other stuff, and he knew there was a camera on him, so he thought, I'm just gonna sit here, and they'll they'll realize I'm not like that, they're gonna realize I don't belong here, mm-hmm. and then at one point, um, the uh, the uh, guard came and said they're not going to get to you tonight and they gave him a blanket and said you should try and get some sleep so he ended up lying down and uh had the blanket and then when he woke up he put everything exactly folded it put it exactly back and it went back sitting exactly like this all the time for the entire night just thinking they're gonna look at me and they're gonna see i don't belong here and i did make a difference no, he did get released on bail, but... But, but it didn't had, make it any quicker. There's no. no reason. He was a young man who had no criminal record, and uh, there was no reason for him to be held overnight, really. But that happens a lot. It, but yeah, I mean, police are, 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 are better now at you know, trying to work with releases from the police station. And COVID created and that, COVID too. And COVID created you know, a real necessity for that. Um, and, and I've seen other cases where they'll meet an accused at the police car and process them and let them go. So there's been improvements, but the problem is the system is under a crush Mm -hmm. and they've decided to centralize bail hearings to some extent in Toronto and uh, you gotta do it by Zoom. Mm -hmm. It's not a perfect system. There's a crush of of people coming through the system, many who could be released and and weren't released. And so you may not get your bail hearing on the first time up. You may not get it on a second time up. That's horrible. And you're sitting and waiting. And then the other thing is you don't have access to a phone. I've heard this disturbing phrase. Oh, it's just like a timeout. Being in jail is not like it's a timeout. Like it ain't no timeout. <laughs> You're not getting cookies it's not. milk. But, you know, you think you have to scramble around to find somebody who could be a surety for you. Right. You get one call, you call a lawyer. After that, the next morning, you get to speak with duty counsel and maybe give information as to who possibly could act for you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I've seen people have to sit there a week, week yeah. and a half to get in contact with friends or family to try and help them. That's, that is really... A major problem. I mean, people who are releasable, that's the scary part. Yeah. No, so so, so part of our bail system is broken. Yeah. Just to be fair uh, mm-hmm. on the genderless balance scales here, um, there, there are some legitimate cases where somebody has been released on bail and then committed horrific crimes. And yeah. those sure. are the cases where the public ends up, you know, saying, let's take away bail. Well, we're living in an era now where we're going to see bail reform. We're we're 100%. We're already we, we already it. have got bail reform where they with slipped the GPS in. stuff is with now. the GPS stuff. You have to have an ankle monitor. They slipped in. You know, if you have a prior conditional discharge for a domestic, it's a reverse onus. Mm-hmm. They slipped stuff in, but they they you know when unfortunately there's a shooting uh, or a police officer is shot by somebody with a gun, 
um, we always see this in the media, we have a revolving door yeah. in our, in our, but in our justice all system. The, out of all the cases that exist in the, in the legal yeah. system, these are actually just a tiny fraction. Of course. It is, because if you think about but Toronto... But it's overblown, because that's the only thing... The only thing you read in the news is bad, bad news. Bad stuff. You know, <laughs> we, we have... We have... They should actually just call it bad news. We yeah, have an news. increase, you know, definitely with respect to carjackings. You know, there are shootings and gang-related activity. I think as we come close to the end of the year, whether it's a macabre stat or not, I think our homicide rate is going to remain low, comparatively speaking. Um, and that's a good thing. But people have the perception that everything is out of control and it, it's not quite out of control. Um, although, you know... I understand people's perceptions, um, but there are certain areas where things have gotten worse. But that's one percentage. There's, there's you know another seventy percent or eighty percent of cases where there's a lot of people being processed through the system for lots of reasons, many of whom are innocent, mm -hmm. and bail is not something that's that easy to get. And um, and then even when you're released, you get released on conditions, and you may be so desperate to get out. You'll agree to anything. You'll agree to any condition. Like, I can't leave the province of Ontario. I can't, I can't you know, go within a thousand meters of X, Y, and Z. It, it can make it very difficult. Bail is important to talk about because it's been such a big focus, but there's a lot of other things too. I mean, like we had, um, we've had cases in Canada where there was like, you know, politicians making comment on a, a decision in a jury trial mm -hmm. that then resulted in, you know, legislative changes that made trials more difficult. And, and these... Again, more difficult. More difficult. We've reviewed this before, but be since this is an end of year review, right. that was Mr. Trudeau's uh, amendment with the uh, the Minister of Justice at the time, who got rid of preemptory challenges when selecting a jury because there was maybe a verdict that people didn't like by a jury in Saskatchewan, and I get that, but you don't f***ing take away a, a, a system for picking jurors that we've had in place for several hundred years. I know. And just throw it away. And then again, just to tie back to like what the um, what the secret barrister is doing is so important. Like you you do these interviews with CP24 all the time, and to to try and help A people understand what's taking place in in trials that are going on and are in the media, and that is so important because uh, the reason the public was outraged, they weren't actually at the trial. They didn't hear right. the evidence. They didn't know how this verdict was reached. Yeah, I try really hard to bring some sanity to the situation yeah. because you just don't get that and. And sometimes questions are framed in a way with other people that just doesn't lead to what the truth is. Yeah. But so bail is something where we need to work on. And, you know, there may need to be some reform with respect to how certain high risk cases are dealt with. But we have specialty units like guns and gangs and others mm -hmm. who can be implemented for that. But we need to look at our bail system. And that's one aspect that's kind of broken. The next I would talk about is trying to get your trial on. Right, so we have the Jordan decision, which, which mandates yeah. these periods of 18 months and 30 months, if your trial's in the Ontario court or it's in the Superior Court, so 18 and 30. But try and get a jury trial in Toronto. So the Jordan decision, just to clarify, the Jordan decision was made because you have a right to a trial in a reasonable time frame. Yeah. And so uh, and then there's like, how do we decide what a reasonable time frame is? And just because a certain number of months passed doesn't mean that you can actually have your charges dismissed because if the defense creates the delay, it's not like you have like 18 months and you can just say like, oh, sorry, not available. Right. You know? No, you have to, you have to yeah. be diligent. Yeah, you have to be right. duly diligent in moving your matter along in order to set it down. Yeah. 
but there are a lot of real real factors. I mean, I'm just saying that because there there was some concern that that major cases were being cut yeah, automatically out yeah. because it's of not. limits. It's not. It's, it's, it's not. It's much more complicated than it's that. And there analysis. and there is an analysis. I I do think the Jordan decision has played more mischief than it's worth. Mm-hmm. I think when we had it under uh, Askoff and Morin and others, I think that was a much better analysis than what we have now because some cases there still is a complexity component to the analysis, but it seems to be not really significant. And the pandemic caused a lot of chaos. Well, there's a lot of tweaking that's happened well, because and, and of that. Well, it's, you know, the transitional. reality is there's a lot to do in a f-ing case. There's a lot to do to defend people. You, there's, you know, if, if a lawyer's sitting around and it's got four files, he or she has four files, yeah, they got time to do the case, you know, four months from now or six months from now. I just made my heart now. flutter, the imagination that we only had four files. I was just like, oh my God, I'd uh-huh. be so happy. <laughs> yeah, but you, you know, look, look, it's a business. <laughs> you know, we make a living off of this and we're good lawyers, so we're busy. Yes. And, and we want to give each client the time that's necessary to prep the file. And it takes a lot of time, mm-hmm. a lot of time to prep the client, a lot of time to work on the defense narrative, a lot of time to draft out a cross-examination. So not everything can be done in these time limits. Right. So, but leaving that aside, you just tried to have a jury trial. I just tried to have a jury trial, and and it was adjourned because there's no judges available. Yeah, no, I've been coming back since uh, last Thursday. Two week jury trial was supposed to go ahead. Every day we come back. Okay, sorry. What? Paint the picture. Paint paint the picture. What it's like. You go to trial for a jury trial. You've right. got dates booked. You You're show up. Off. There's twenty lawyers sitting in a courtroom. Well, we were by All, seven, maybe close more. enough. Okay, yeah. but we've, we've yeah. been there. Okay, yeah. we've had like minimum twelve, but up to twenty-ish lawyers sitting in a courtroom with their fingers crossed, hoping right. they can actually it's get a, lot, a judge. It's a lottery. Yeah. So, just so everybody understands, we're booking usually about a year to fifteen months out. We block off this time specifically and block off time ahead so that we make sure everything is well prepared. We get there, the client has invested in their defense. Taken time off of work. Taken time off of work. And you sit there, yeah. and you, you sit there on Monday, and there's Sometimes no judge Sometimes they available. have witnesses who've had to fly in from out of town. Absolutely. Well, people don't, it's the, you don't get a trial date in Superior. You get a trial the week of, Well, you, in many cases. You're supposed to get a trial date. You're but supposed you, to. But now, like, we have two trials coming up in the spring. They were adjourned from last year. So there is a chronic shortage of judges in in the Toronto area and and in other jurisdictions court as well. Clerks, uh, staff. There is, but right now in Toronto, there's at least seven. We're down seven. S- at least seven, day. seven if not more, that is needed in Toronto to get these on to get them going. And I had never seen it this bad. I mean, yeah. I know, you know, this has been complained about over the last decade, but most of the time I was able to get going. In the last several years, it is almost impossible. The first time you're up for trial in the superior court to get going. They so when you go in, you find out what your priority level is. Yes. Right? Yes. So they'll say, okay, well this case has been in the system for too long, so we're gonna prioritize this up at near the top. Yeah. We were two. We were number two. And we still didn't get a judge. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 again it's because of chronic underfunding of the system. And part I was of that number is number three today. Part of that is appointing judges. Yeah, you were number three and you I was didn't number get reached. three. And the judge apologized. He said, look. It's not the judge's fault. He said, if I had the seven judges, your trial would be starting tomorrow. We're down seven judges. Talk to the government. Yeah. And the chief justice talks about this all the yeah. time and, and tries to yeah. get the resources. It's not there. It's like when we're, you know, trying to get your trial on a 10 armory. They built right. this beautiful... I don't I- know, Ikea multi-story style courthouse. It's a little better than Ikea. Well, but, it's you very know, yellow. It's very yellow, but it's nice. I, I, yeah, it's, it's a nice courthouse. Oh, that I don't, sounds I don't, terrifying. Like I don't love going the to mustard. Court. 
and, and it it'll be like, like a place you can never leave. Right. <laughs> well, just, but like but your access to justice is an issue because now they've centralized the courts in Toronto. So it used to be, you know, you were at uh, five different Metro strip North mall courthouses. And, yeah. and Scarborough. Now it's all centralized. So this is another issue in Toronto. So I don't know what other jurisdictions have, but we're a big enough metropolis that we should have satellite courts. Right. What and happened? they did away with them. We went to court another day and we had to keep switching judges because they only had court staff. You know, because you need to have the court clerk right, and the right, court right. reporter and, you know, the people that knock on the doors to get the judges in or whatever. They have to have, the of course... The door knockers? The door knockers. They, they, no, they're, they're no, a little more important not, than that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so they only had staff for one courtroom, so the judges had to keep switching. Right. Yeah. We had three different judges And you know rotating. why that is? Because they centralized the courthouse Cuts and the out. court clerks who were in other jurisdictions can't afford to come down to Toronto because they have to pay for their own parking or they have to pay for their own commuting, and it's more expensive to be down here. It, the commute is much longer, and they couldn't do it. And nobody bothered to speak to the court staff. It just happened, and that's why. And it's a chronic problem. And I don't understand in a city where we have three million or more that we don't have satellite courts. I, I, yeah. and, well, and now you it's central. If, if anything else good, if anything good could come from the pandemic, pandemic. We managed to handle a lot of things a lot better over Zoom mm -hmm. that they should continue doing. Right. But then now we're going back. There's a lot of things I think we could still do by Zoom. Oh, I just yeah. worry because the backlog is never going to go away, right? Well, I, I, I just think that this is where governments talk tough on crime but don't invest in it. Yeah. We're the defense lawyers. They need to be in invested in it too. Legal aid is finally getting a boost. But we, we can have a system crumble if government doesn't invest in it. And I get that there's competing you know, healthcare and, and education, et cetera. But frankly, if you want a functional justice system, you've got to invest in it. So getting getting your trial on for a jury trial in Toronto, that's another one. Mm -hmm. Would you talk about disclosures being an issue? Because that, that went through a metamorphosis over the pandemic. I think it's better now. Yeah. We're getting we're getting it electronically, although two different systems, but it's going to change apparently next year. I, hope I so. miss I, the DVDs, I, I got to tell you. Because we used to get the hard copies on yeah. DVD and stuff. And and uh, yeah, then when it's electronic and trying to make sure it gets the digital download. Well, at least I'm not the best with the digital download. I know. I gotta that. say, uh, We're yeah, old you help school, me a lot. Though. We yes. like to print everything on paper. Well, we still do. I mean, look at <laughs> look at our basement. We've got everything's a box. You know, we print everything out. But I know. but you know, getting it electronically is great. You know, you don't have to physically go to court. You can download it, share it with the client, share it with the where, client, where you're allowed. You know, it, it's definitely better that way. But but you know, in, it's there. There's an overload to everybody now. There's an overload to Crown Attorneys, an overload to courts, to uh, clerks within the Crown Attorney's office and us. Mm -hmm. Tons and tons and tons of emails just to get certain things oh, done. Oh God. Right. You have to go to this portal to book a pretrial and you have to give your blood type and your blood pressure and, and, and then the name of your first child and then you can get in. Like I spoke to a Crown Attorney who was hilarious saying, okay, in this jurisdiction, you have to give the following information. So I'm just going to email you the form. Please fill that out. Please, please, please do not copy me on your email to the trial corner. I don't want another email. Just book it whenever the hell you want, okay? Yeah. So I, you got to be precise. And then I had a problem. I think I my, my finger mistyped a date or something. Uh -oh. And I, I like three days later, I get an email like, this isn't right. So I have to do it all over again. Not like... Okay, I know what you're talking about. This is why you don't, you don't yeah, like MacBooks. Yeah. All you have to do is put your fingertip right, on here it. Here we go. I hate MacBooks. <laughs> but so this, so the, the technology aspect now 
And, and what we've had has created a crushing amount of emails and communications, which is making it very difficult for Crown attorneys to be on top of their work. It's certainly, I'm dealing, I come to my office and people know, don't walk into my office between 9 and 10 a.m. because I got to deal with like a thousand emails. I remember I put a sign on your door one day that said, before you knock, ask yourself, is this really important? Yeah. But, but you were but really... Is it, is it worth dying for? Is it worth dying for? Right. You literally have to go through these tons of emails. I'm tied right. to the phone. Oh, God, You've yeah. You've got to go through it. And, you know, some of these workers... The other thing is the hybrid system. Well, so it's not just that. Is that you have to make sure that everything's copied and placed into the right place so that it's all in the files and then it's also printed. And, yep. you know, like there's there's so much stuff that people don't understand. So I think... It's impossible because there's some who think you can go totally technology, right? Yeah. And you bring your laptop to court and you can do everything off of it. And I said, and we've hired... We've hired recently. I said, if I see you f-ing doing a cross examination off of your f-ing laptop, I'll break your laptop and I'll fire you. Okay? You're going to get a binder. You're going to put the notes in there and you're going to do it properly. Okay? Like old school. So that you can actually look at a witness and not look at your goddamn screen and sit there typing away at it. You know, or your battery level. So we are old school that way, but it, it's a lot of work. You got to download it, put it into the right folder, print the f-ing thing, put it away, and then I got to deal with the 10,000 emails to set up a pretrial. Or a judicial, but it's just like I think. I think all of this. Are we boring all of you? All all of this is just boring. Everybody. No, our last end of the year episode. we're talking about administration. Boring. We're just talking about administration. No, but it's important for people. You know, because a lot of people think, oh, you know, you just sit there with your feet up on your desk or whatever. So you know, I I think it's important for them to realize like how much information management and you know, not just. Receiving the information, but breaking down information, organizing information, it's all huge. of this stuff. Communicating it to the client, ensuring mm-hmm. we're in constant communication with them, answering their questions. It's, it's, yeah. it's a whole thing. I have a number four, and we've talked about it before. I think there still is an absolute unequivocal disrespect for an accused in the system. Yeah. I, 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 well, I in terms the of, the is the system broken? As far as the system is broken, I, I, I as my end of year podcast with my colleagues here i still think something we can do better that we've spoken about in a previous episode and all the episodes is there needs to be more respect for accused in our system Mm -hmm. i was so pleasantly surprised i recently had a trial where the judge when she walked in this is superior court she would say good morning to everyone yes starting with the accused Good morning, I've sir. I've seen that a lot, actually. Yeah, yeah. I, I find impressed. that very respectful yeah. in a large part. But I think... Not always. I, 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 mean, I, I, th- I think your little gender-free statue, we need to make sure it starts out here. Mm-hmm. I just can't resist doing that I again. Know you can't. It's like... But it, it does seem sometimes like it starts out like this, like the complainant's yeah. evidence has already given so much weight. Of course. And the accused is fighting that uphill battle, and we need yes. to make sure that it stays like this at, at the beginning. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't mean it so much in, hi, Mr. So-and-so, or hi, right. Miss So-and-so. I mean it more in about how we go about adjudicating these cases. And I think sometimes, um, you know, we just feel it's an uphill battle no matter what. And it would be nice if we just have a little bit more of an even playing field. I mean... It, somebody argued to me today in a case that, well, the defense wants all of this. Uh, we have to level the playing field, and I can say all this shit about the accused. And I'm like, yeah, well, I'm like, bring your discreditable conduct application. I'm not frightened of it. But that's not the point. Right. The point is my client was disadvantaged because it was thought by both the prosecution and, and the judge at the time that I'm not allowed to do and, and marshal this evidence. And it's like, no, you can't box somebody in. We need to really get the message out and really work 
in the system to try and level the playing field more. Mm -hmm. When somebody is declared an offender in a fair trial, beyond a reasonable doubt, where we feel that the conviction is solid, fine. That's when you shift to the penalty phase of a case and the person's an offender, and we still have to treat them still with respect. civilly yeah. because that's the distinction between a civil society and a democracy that we want to be a part of. And a gulag. And a gulag, or, or, and, and, and a closed society. Yeah. That said, at the front end, we still need to do more to make sure that this is a level playing field and to make sure that the high threshold of proof beyond a reasonable doubt stays where it is. And I, at the end of the year, and you brought it up, that, that Saskatchewan case, I feel robbed of jury trials. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. And I, to the end of my career, I will forever hate that f-ing decision. And I will forever hate the well, amendments that came in after. It wasn't the decision that was wrong. It was the reaction to it. Well, I don't know whether the, the jury verdict was correct or not on the facts. We weren't there. Right. But I hate that that was used as the crucible to f- over our system. So that now, it, you know, I, I love jury trials. They're fun. Mm-hmm. And, and, and juries, are, in, in many cases, are great because they're, the, they're your peers. But you have to select the, the right jury. It can't just be anybody because a lot of people don't want to be there. Right. A lot of these people are, do. So these are uh, things that uh, that we'd like to see addressed, and uh, I think that's we, broken, and we it's never to, coming back. We have to write a Canadian one, one, one version. One more thing. Don't 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 cut me. What time are we at? We now? have to write a Canadian version of uh, okay. the Lawn House. One more. Program. One more. One more. One more. One more. Can I tell you about my favorite moment this year when you're done though? Preliminary inquiries. You just found a case that went into our newsletter where a judge actually lamented about. We sh- I the hate loss the, of the loss of preliminary. Yeah. Good for that judge. Yeah. See, it's getting Bill, exciting at the Bill, C, Bill C-75. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Got rid of preliminary inquiries for offenses 14 years or under. Right. Right? And if it had been granted, then they, they could have avoided trial delays that ultimately ended up in the charges being dismissed. Right? Because a preliminary inquiry, which Justin Trudeau and his then Minister of Justice wanted to get rid of so that victims of violence don't have to be re-traumatized by being at a prelim and then a trial, actually does a disarm, does a harm to everybody across the board. It's a disservice. Yeah. Because prelims are very important, and, and, and most good lawyers didn't use as some sort of bashing fest. No. We did it as a legitimate means to get at evidence, and many cases resolved after the prelim. And you can find out if there's missing disclosure, That's there's right. all kinds of things. You can lay the, fa- lay the groundwork for a third party's record application. Tool. It was incredibly important. And for the life of me, they left it in with cases of sexual interference where you deal with children right. who I can understand may be actually more traumatized than a, you know, an adult right, when they right. come forward. We make a lot of they, concessions with children, though. We do, but they left that f-ing in and they yeah. took it away for everybody else. Right. So that, I, I, I've got one more and then I'm done. And then you can say your point. I'm just going to finish CCTV. with a funny story. CCTV Uh-oh. testimony. Uh-oh. Okay. CCTV testimony. Here we go. So Wind a, up complainant, a complainant in a sexual assault case gets to testify by Sony TV. Okay. Or Samsung. Some other, or Reset. Samsung. They're both good. Yeah, I know. And, and frankly, LG's the new L- the LG is f-ing great. Yeah, I, I saw. I think I've know, got LG. Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> the, the new LG was pretty good. 70, it? 74 inch? It won't fit. But anyways, so that's where it's almost presumptively believed that if you're a complainant in a sexual assault case or domestic violence case, you, you can testify by CCTV. Yeah. It's like, oh, what do you mean you're what opposed to What do you mean you're opposed to So they get yeah. to sit in another room and then just testify by a TV, almost like a Zoom hearing. Right. Right. Cross-examining somebody through a TV is, is, is not good, okay? If you were all on Zoom, fine. I don't have a problem. We're on an even playing field. And we didn't lose a lot by it. But when you're in a courtroom and it's a screen there, it's a problem. And, they should, and you just won a decision in a, in a case 
where the judge denied the complainant yeah, because yeah. she was just upset she about having to testify yeah, in court. Was, yeah, she broke down for a few minutes during an interview with the Crown or the cop. So explain what the, um, you know, what the requirements are in order to grant one properly. Well, there has to be trauma evidence, evidence, evidence of something beyond mere discomfort. So it has the to be that, that there was, you know, it's going to you're afraid or you're going to be uncomfortable. That's not enough. There has to be you know, something. Everyone's uncomfortable when they testify in court. I'm uncomfortable you know, unless they're a professional criminal or something like that. <laughs> Nobody's used to being there. They don't like. You, you need some. You need you something. You guys walk real. around like yeah. it's like, hey, how's it going? Because you're, you're yeah. used to being there all the time. It's right. your workplace, right? right? But no, but everybody else is. Yeah, right. and and our clients are. Right. But you know, you need somebody who's particularly vulnerable, vulnerable particularly frail, mental health, mental issues, health issues, other disabilities. Yeah. Could be somebody's age, um, and you know, and or trauma, which is established right. with expert evidence. Yeah. Well, and if somebody is saying that they were like, you know, forcibly confined and tortured for a number of days or so, you can imagine that they don't want to be in the same room as the person. Right. So a particular allegation may lead to a particular trauma, which then based upon some evidence. But you still need some evidence. There has to be some evidence and then it would be justified. But you can't just just do it across the board. And that's that's, that's one thing. thing. And we're fighting them all. Oh, yeah. We're conceding them where it's appropriate. Okay. Now I'll be quiet, and you want to raise that one thing. I just wanted to end the year with a, a funny moment from court that we were just like, what? We go into court for uh, to, to find out the decision in our client's case. <laughs> that was a good one. We went, we went into court. We're waiting to hear have our decision heard, and there were some other the matters judgment that from came the trial. Up. The judgment from the trial. We don't we don't even know what the judgment is. And then and the court clerk says, "Are you right here? in front of our client?" Right in front of our client says, "Are you here for sentencing?" And we're like. I hope not. Do you know something I don't? <laughs> As it turns out, we got an acquittal. <laughs> and it was a misspeaking probably because they, they had a sentencing decision that came up yeah. before they actually spoke to us. But what a faux pas. Anyway. Yeah, and my client was like, what? 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 I know. Did I somehow get convicted? All, you didn't tell me? We're all looking yeah. at each other. I know. But oh, anyway, thankfully, funny. thankfully, it okay. turned out well we for go. everybody. So, uh, end of the year. End, end of the year. Great 2023. Thank you, team. Nice. Um, to all our viewers, to our producer, Max, thank you so much. And BJ, who's not here, he makes a guest appearance every so often. Thank you, Marcy, who keeps my hair in shape. Um, special thanks to all our viewers. Great emails. And I got to say this. Okay. I had the privilege of running into somebody who watches our podcast. I'm not going to name somebody. But I was uh, in a city in Toronto. I was with my wife walking to go have lunch. It's out of town visiting an offspring at university. And somebody recognizes me to offspring at university and somebody recognizes me somehow and says are you a lawyer are you a lawyer and i say sadly yes <laughs> and they go do you have that podcast and got out of the car shook my hand asked for a selfie it was like adorable and i was like i was laughing because it's like i don't i don't think of us in any way like that but it was just so wonderful and it means that our podcast we've done something here where people really like the information and it resonates with them so my so thank you very much to that viewer. Um, it was an absolute pleasure and delight. You made my weekend. It was wonderful. But to all our viewers and to all the people who watch it when we go live, when we drop the podcast and you have all the great commentary, you've been great supporters for our 99 episodes. So thank you very much. And we really appreciate it. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and share. And stay tuned because we will be back in January with episode 100. Stay tuned for merchandising <laughs> in 2024. <laughs> Yeah. The t-shirts. The t-shirts. Excellent. Get some merch, baby. Gotta get some merch.